Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. And our series this year is called Spiritual Practices for Healing, Thriving, and Peace of Mind. Ah, so I am enjoying the discovery of these practices. Great content is available on our website to support you in this journey. It's really easy uh, in life and especially in these days to get into just showing up here and there, coming on Sundays and then going on with your week and then coming back on Sundays. And what I've experienced in my personal life and have known other people is that there's something about not just observing, but getting involved. And so going into that content and exploring it on the website, if you're in a small group, congratulations, thank you for doing that and participating. The information from the small groups is on our website. And it, it, additional work and additional practices throughout the week to really anchor in what we're learning and doing together on Sunday mornings. Really, really a powerful, powerful thing to do. To go from observer mode to engager mode, to engage and to step in. So we invite you to step in. And I get the wonderful honor of introducing the annual initiative that we're going to be utilizing here at Mile High Church this next year. We've been doing this for the past few years, coming up with some idea, concept, way of being that can support us and that we can weave through all we do here for this year. And the 2023 spiritual initiative is spiritual practice. And so we are going to um, experience expanding our sense of spiritual practice in our life. And yes, that of course includes our meditation and prayer practices, absolutely. But that's part of why we've extended the silence in the service to 60 seconds to have some true moments of stillness. We have a meditation. You can come early for the service at 9.30 and go into the chapel and one of our practitioner prayer partners is leading a meditation every Sunday morning so you can come and do that. We're going to be doing classes and workshops throughout the year that are dedicated to helping people discover and create uh, what works best for them around spiritual practice because there is no one right or way to do spiritual practice. What it involves is finding that which works for us and supports us on our journey. And one of the classes I wanted to let you know is available on the website as of today is our first self-paced class. It's free to anyone who would like to take it. It's called Four Power Practices to Uplift Your Life. It's a class that Josh and I did and we've packaged it in such a way that when you sign up for it, the modules unlock and you can do it at your pace whenever you want to. You could do it at 3 a.m. in your jam jams if you want to. And so I encourage you to consider signing up for that class and, and having the next 28 days exploring um, a spiritual practice or two for yourself so that you can start to integrate it into your life. I think our quality of life increases tremendously 
when we have spiritual practice. And it, that includes also reflective walks, it's journaling, it's, it's ritual that supports us, it's praying before our meals and, and acknowledging and weaving the notion of the infinite through our life, that we're making spirit the core of our daily life through spiritual practice. And so uh, we invite you to, to join us for that initiative. The meditation teacher, Ken and I took an online class from her, Emily uh, Fletcher, who created Ziva Meditation, says the point of meditation is not to get good at meditation. The point of meditation is to get good at life. And I would say that's true of spiritual practice. The point of spiritual practice is not to get good at spiritual practice. The point of spiritual practice is to get good at life. And the last thing I will say about our initiative is that in all the years I've had the honor of teaching practitioner classes, uh, when folks step into the practitioner training classes here, it takes them two school years to go through that training. It's no longer an option to have a spiritual practice. That is a part of the curriculum that they, they sign up for. And honestly, many of them are resistant because they have to fill out things and kind of show us what they're doing and how it's working. Yeah, you remember, don't you? <laughs> she's like, nah, yeah, yeah. But I will say that as people emerge out of that work, that more of them have said the one thing that you all teach around here that has made the biggest difference in my life as far as my peace and happiness and ability to live a good life is having spiritual practice in my life. So I can't say enough about joining us in this initiative this year. Now, for today's talk, you ready? Okay, finally, right? <laughs> today's talk are, is titled, Thoughts, Prayers, and Action, Co-Create Your Life with Spirit. And of course, like many of you are probably thinking, my initial thought with this title was, Thoughts and Prayers. That's in prayer, right? We've seen it all over social media. People who approach people who are having a hard time or conditions that are bothering us like uh, conditions with violence or someone, uh, something going on, a natural disaster that might be happening and someone will post thoughts and prayers and someone else will get very upset and think that's quite trite and just not enough because after all, action is what changes things. We gotta get active. We got to do something to change things. And so there are those who believe that nothing will change unless we have action. And then there are those of us who tend to believe that it's some beautiful alchemy of thoughts and prayers and action all inspired together that create the greatest change. I just gave away my whole talk right there. <laughs> That's okay. I will continue on anyway. So, so I understand that at first that, that idea can seem rather trite, but, but today I'm inviting us to consider a deeper walk with those three subjects. And I also want to address right away the second part of the title of my talk, Co-Create Your Life with Spirit. We believe in something that you'll hear around here a lot called the creative process. We believe that there is a God force, a presence in this universe. It is not a person. Therefore, we don't refer to it as he or she. We refer to it as transcendent of gender. 
It is a presence. It is an energy. It's like, it would be for me like calling gravity he or she. Well, gravity, he sure held me on the earth today. Wasn't that nice? It just doesn't, doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't work. And we see that the presence that God is, is like that. It's not some person up there keeping track of everything and taking notes and making sure we do what, we want it, we, what he wants us to do. It is a presence that exists in and through every nook and cranny of the universe. Every molecule is absolutely alive with it. Every person is experiencing it. And that this presence moves through us and that we are always in co-creation with it because it utilizes our consciousness to create. It utilizes what we're thinking. Now, not just what we think we're thinking. It utilizes our thoughts, our prayers, and our actions. And everything we think and everything, we, all, we know and we understand that when we take action, something shifts. But many of us are still working to learn that when we think a thought, when we have an, an old thought or a new thought, we have a happy thought, we have a sad thought, we have an emotional thought, that it is part of the creative impetus of our lives. And so we know that thoughts create and that our prayers can be a place, a tool that we can use to help us to get more in alignment with the thoughts we would really like to have such that the, the universal presence can act through us and our co-creative energy can move in the direction that we would like on behalf of ourselves and the world we share with all the other humans on this planet. So we understand that co-creative nature. Prayer for us then is affirmative because we are using our conscious awareness to consciously direct the power of that creative force in a way that serves us and in a way that we feel called. Ernest Holmes has a quote, our founder, and it's based on one of the phrases that Jesus said. Jesus said, as ye believe it is done unto you. And so Ernest Holmes says, we now come to a definite teaching regarding prayer. We shall receive that for which we ask. It shall be open to us when we knock. And we shall find that for which we are searching. This teaching implies the definiteness of spiritual and mental work. God is intelligent mind and spirit. And there is a direct response from this universal intelligence to our intelligence. If we ask for bread, we shall not receive a stone. But we are told we must ask believing if we are to receive. And so a huge part of our teaching is all about this notion of thought and learning to get really rigorously honest with ourselves about what do I really believe and what am I choosing to allow to be created through me through this filter of my own thoughts. There's a cartoon I saw uh, on social media this last um, week. It's from Save the Bees Australia. I don't have an image of it here. I, I wish I did. I didn't get it in time. But Jose Maria Nieto originally posted this in 2019. And people have changed it every year to put the right year in. And here's the cartoon. I'll describe it to you. 
It's two little beings, and one being is down on the earth with gardening tools, gardening, and the other being is standing behind the gardener. And the being behind says, why so optimistic about 2023? And the gardener says, I think it will bring flowers. And the other one says, well, yeah, how come? And the gardener says, because I'm planting flowers. (laughs) That's you, that's me, that's how the universe works. If you want to know what 2023 will bring for us, it will be in the genesis of what is worth thinking about, as Dr. Barry would sing right now, if he could pick up a guitar right now and start playing, what we're thinking about. What we are giving energy to in our mind, in our emotional body, what we're putting our thoughts and energy and consciousness towards will be as assuredly manifest in our lives as that gardener who plants those flowers. And so part of why we resist, I think, the notion of thoughts and prayers is that it reflects back to a part of of this creative process that we're, we're not so comfortable with. It can seem so trite because one of the challenges is that when we learn these tools and start to use them, we often start at the very top level of things, at the surface, and we don't dive deeper. A question I ask myself when I want to create something in my life, when I want to use affirmative prayer, when I want to plant a new seed, I want something new, is I will now ask myself, what is my motivation for wanting this? Because I've discovered that when my motivation is kind of at the surface level versus at the deeper level, if I can articulate the motivation for the things I want to create from that deeper spiritual level, there's more oomph, there's more power, and I'm more invested in what it is that I'm doing. Uh, I, I love the, the picture from the success posters of the iceberg. Have, I'm sure many of you have seen it, where the, they show the whole iceberg and they show the surface of the water. And then the tip of the iceberg is right here, but the body of the iceberg is below the surface. That's you and me also. What's at the tip of the iceberg is, I can see you, you can see me. We can see what color hair we have. We can see our bodies and what we like to wear. We can see kind of where we go and what we do. And with social media, we can see a lot more about each other, right? And so we can see what's going on in people's lives. But there's so much below the surface that we can't see about each other and that we often refuse to pay attention to about ourselves. And so what happens is that we take these wonderful principles of transformation and we just deal with the tip of the iceberg. And then they can seem a little trite at times. Positive thinking, positive thinking. But when we do some deeper work to go below the surface, which represents the deeper mind. And in our Beyond Limits class, we'll talk about the surface mind, which is the tip, and below the surface is the deeper mind. When we go into the deeper mind, we get a little more insight about ourselves that can help us choose and sense our truest motivation. 
So here at the top, at the, at the tip of the iceberg, let's say I want to change my career. I want to, I want to expand. I want to get, I want to get a, a, a promotion or I, I want to change my career and do something different or I've got a dream I want to do. Well, in the surface level, all we tend to think about is business plans and who do we need to talk to? Where do we need to go? And who do we need to get to listen to us? When we're willing to go into the deeper motivation we might find that there's a part of us that says there's a deeper motivation for me to be fully expressed and to share my gifts and talents in the world, to feel fulfilled in this life. If we're talking about um, relationships, I want a romantic relationship. I want to be in partnership. And so we might at the surface level, our motivation for that might be because I don't want to live this life not loved and because I want someone to go on dates with and I want to have somebody to go to parties and I want to be like them and I want to, I want to be, be, feel that I, I am enough and that I'm lovable. I want to be in a relationship. But when we go into the deeper realm, my motivation might be, I want to know God intimately through partnership. Partnership and the beloved. If we talk about finances, I want more money. I want to have more money. I want to be financially secure. I want to be sure that I can do everything that I want to do. When we go down to the deeper levels, we might feel that sense of Money is God in form and is a tool for me to not only live out my best life, but to, to express myself fully in the things that I want to support. And in our bodies, I want to be healthy and strong and thin. I know a lot of us have, we've gone on diets for the first of the year. The surface level, I know for me, when I've struggled with this issue, when I first started out as a kid wanting to lose weight, it was because I wanted people to think I was thin and pretty because I wanted to impress everybody and everybody would be happier with me and I would be more lovable and accepted if I just was thinner and prettier. Now, in that deeper motivation, as I've changed my life and learned tools and learned what works for me, I want this body to be an instrument for the divine to express itself and to be clear, a clear channel. So it needs to be alive and sober and connected. There's a deeper motivation afoot. And what we find is that when we allow ourselves to do the deeper work, to claim the deeper motivation, our thoughts, prayers, and actions shift dramatically. And when our thoughts, prayers, and actions shift dramatically, our outcomes shift dramatically. Now, I want to be clear. There is nothing wrong with the surface, uh, uh, the tip of the iceberg. Nothing wrong with it. If that's where you're most comfortable and that's where you want to live, I have no judgment about it. But if you are craving a deeper walk with spirit, that, that song that Lauren sang, God is, God is my career. God is the, the voice I speak with. God is the dance I dance. And I think, like Deepak Chopra says to us, every desire we have is really not a desire for that thing or that experience. It's a desire to know God. It's a desire to experience and know God in the realm of that situation expression part of my life. And I think that's what we're craving.
craving. That's what we crave most. And so to give that to ourselves requires that we become willing to dive a little deeper. Neil Donald Walsh said, every decision you make, every decision that you make every second is not a decision about what you do. It's a decision about who you are. And here's what I know. I know who you are. I know who we are. We are God in form. And when we start to make decisions based on the motivation for a deeper walk in and as the divine, something shifts dramatically. I'm inviting us into that, to take our thoughts and prayers and actions from that realm of just the surface and into that deeper realm, that what I call holy motivation. Holy motivation. Not motivated by what I can get, uh, not motivated by how I'll look, how I'll impress people, not motivated by the pain from my past and getting over it and doing it better than someone else, but motivated by the deep call within me to thrive and to be the highest and best version of myself, not for everybody else, but because that's what I came here to do and it's what you came here to do. And it's what I know that if we don't give some time and attention to when the moment comes for us to walk over the threshold into the next life, some part of us will say, oh, I, it was great and I didn't. I didn't do what I came here to do. It's that kind of moment for us. An invitation into divine alignment. And utilizing the structure of thoughts, prayers, action. What does that look like? Well, to me, that looks like holy motivation is supported by holy thoughts. Holy thoughts are allowing ourselves to observe our thoughts. I've said before, one of the greatest gifts of this teaching is that it's taught me to watch my thoughts. And that's not always a happy journey, I'll tell you. The neighborhood in here isn't always as friendly as I'd like it to be, right? But the good news is that I have learned to pay attention. Not obsessively, it's not like, oh, I had a negative thought, oh no, oh no, oh no. It's not like that. It's an awareness that says, okay, I'm moving forward towards something. I'm having a conversation in a relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that desire to express. And here come the thoughts. I'm not good enough. Why are you trying this? You'll never be successful. You're going to fail like you did last time. Oh gosh, who do you think you are? Those thoughts are not holy thoughts. But when I understand that and I can observe them and not be afraid of them, and I've got tools that can help me look them squarely in the face and transform them, I can say, ah, yeah, yep, yeah, there's my negative voices again. I see you, I hear you. And just like Dr. Barry read, our founder says, we can begin to replace those sad, negative, hurtful thoughts with new thoughts. Sometimes it takes a little more work, especially in that deeper realm. It takes some forgiveness work, which we're going to talk about in a couple weeks. It takes a willingness to let go and stop thinking that thought. It takes utilizing spiritual practice to begin to heal our thoughts. And every thought we have launches off chemistry. 
We absolutely know this. They have things that can, can absolutely test that. They can put little machines on our head. And, and uh, that's why there was a book years ago that said you can't afford the luxury of a negative thought. Especially negative thoughts towards ourselves. Self-hatred, uh, self-demeaning. Uh, self Those thoughts, they are chemistry that just launches into our body and launches into our nervous system. And they don't serve us one little bit but we're addicted to them sometimes. We're just like any other addict who's addicted to alcohol or drugs. We are addicted to negative thinking, sometimes individually and sometimes collectively. And so our work is to become the observer of our thoughts and strive for holy thoughts and be willing to see the patterns and see that we need to shift or we need to change, that we either need to think a new thought or if it's, it's really hard to change that thought, to get help so that we can have a new thought. So we have to start taking time to listen to our thoughts, to pay attention to our thoughts to notice what we're thinking at different times of our life and then to begin to choose thoughts that are easy to change, thoughts that aren't so easy to change. Absolutely, thought matters. And remember, thought isn't just the thoughts you think you think. It's also the emotional stuff that comes with thoughts. That emotional stuff has a thought behind it. Usually our deepest angst is born out of some thought. Every thought that rises to the surface has a pattern below the surface that it represents. And we honor and we respect it. But we don't have to keep it forever. We can change our thinking, change our thoughts. But it re requires us to go into those deeper realms a lot of the times and do the work that holy motivation calls us to. Holy prayers. Because we believe that the creative force flows through it, you'll hear that our prayers here are affirmative. We pray as though it is already so. We speak words that are like a series of affirmations. And our pr practitioner prayer partners have been trained and licensed to do the same on behalf of themselves and other people. And so we pray affirmatively. So the difference might be between, God, fix this for me. And instead, we might affirm something. I, I wrote this down. I accept solutions that are emerging right now. And so that is a powerful difference in how it is we utilize the holy gift of prayerfulness. Affirmative prayer is holy sacred time that allows us to plant seeds of truth from our most authentic place, our oneness. We have a five-step process you can learn in our classes. I'm not gonna go through it today. Ernest Holmes did not necessarily speak a five-step process, but he stamped his stamp of approval on that. And it's a wonderful way to keep us connected, to keep us from the, the prayers that might be, I, wanna, I would love to have, oh, chicken. What, I smell chicken, you know, that kind of distraction. So it's a process that once you learn it, it becomes kind of a routine that the mind can go through. And it's not magic and it's not, it's, it's, I think it's special, but it's, it's about discipline. It's a disciplined prayer process to take us through a way of praying that can take us into that holy prayerful state so that we can affirm what it is we want to pray about. I fully admit 
There are times when I'm so caught up in that stuff below the surface, it's just hard to know the truth for myself. And I think Ernest Holmes was a genius in discovering and suggesting that those are the times we need help. And here's the help we need. We need a practitioner prayer partner. We need someone to stand for us. I call that, I, I have faith in their faith because I'm not having enough faith right now. I can't, for whatever reason, feel the faith flowing through me. So I'm going to have faith in their faith. So I tell my students, when you're here on Sundays, go get one of those prayers from their practitioner prayer partners. They're up here waiting to prayerfully pray, bless you and stand with you. And you can have faith in their faith for something you're concerned about or something that's going well that you want to continue, whatever it might be. Go utilize the prayer ministry out here in the lobby at Mile High Church. Fill out a prayer request. Go online. Did you know 24-7 our website is up and can take prayer requests? You just go to the prayer, the prayer and care center and you can submit a prayer request. And as soon as a practitioner gets it, they start working on your behalf. We can always be supported in holy prayer. And the last one is holy action. To me, uh, holy action is inspired after prayerfulness. After I've had my holy thoughts and my holy prayerfulness, I will take action. The challenge that many of us have because we think action is more important or makes a bigger difference, is sometimes we take action that's too soon that we haven't established the consciousness of and then we're disappointed when it doesn't work out. And sometimes our actions that we want to take to better ourselves or better the world, quite frankly, are taken out of force. People need to see this my way. If people aren't seeing it my way, then it's wrong. We have to do it my way. I know none of you do that, but just for the people online, I just wanted to get, you know. <laughs> of action that's born out of fear and worry. Well, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, I better, I better do something. Temporarily might shift something, but not necessarily. Or action that's based on righteousness, which is similar to the first one. I'm right, they're wrong, and I need to prove to everyone how right I am. Those actions can't work because they're born out of separation. And they're part of the reason I think we struggle individually and collectively to make meaningful change. Is that there is a, a, a beautiful sense of divine action that when I've stepped out of my spiritual practice and I can say, this is the direction I'm going. I'm gonna go serve this organization or I'm gonna make this choice or I'm going to be about this, I'm going to write that book, I am going to take that time, I am going to call that person. That, that inspired action is this peaceful, and, and I'm, I'm not saying that every inspired active moment works out perfectly and beautifully, but it has a greater chance and it feels so much better because there's alignment. There's alignment with us. So this week, consider holy thoughts, holy prayers, holy motivated action that can be like, what is mine to do today? What is mine to do in this situation? What next? And let us feel the joy of that beautiful work and let us not be afraid to go below the surface into that 
iceberg that is the true nature of us because it is there that, yeah, some of our wounds exist, all of our wounds probably, but so does the holy, holy light that we're seeking so profoundly. And we can dance the dance and we can be God in form. Let us do that together in prayer right now. Please join me as we take a breath together. I'm going to do a, a classic affirmative prayer, all five steps today, so you can get a sense of it. So we begin with the recognition that there is one presence, one power in this universe that we can use that is expressing itself through all, in all, as all. It goes by the name God, source, infinite intelligence, the one. So many names, but the name is not nearly as important as that moment where we can feel and sense that all that there is in this universe is that infinite one. Science has shown us that all there is in the universe is energy. And our belief spiritually is much akin to that, a belief that the energy of the universe is God in form, fashioning itself through creation, and that we are a co-creative agent in that process. Therefore, I recognize and honor that as God is right where I am, I am that which God is. And therefore, I speak this prayer consciously and conscientiously on behalf of every person who hears my voice this day. And I accept and declare that I and we are one in and as God that that power and that presence is our very presence, is the essence of who each of us is. And therefore, I invite each one of us to consider some area of our life this week that we choose to bring holy thoughts and holy prayer and holy action to. It might be in a relationship or in our health and well-being or in our finances, in our spiritual journey. Whatever it might be, we just embrace that now and feel that now and envision it as though it were so. And I accept and affirm that for each vision of holy thought, action, or prayer that is in our hearts and souls, that the universe right now is a yes, is saying yes, that the, the way is made visible, that clarity arises and good flows forth, and that we are agents of divine energy walking forward now, always, every day, in every way towards that greater good that God seeks to express through us. I affirm and accept that it is done right now. And I'm so grateful, so grateful that this good is ours, that it is being manifest. So grateful for the good that, that blesses each of our lives this week. So grateful. I release this prayer now into the action of that law that makes it so. I let go, I let God, it is done. In gratitude and faith, we simply say, and so it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.